section one hundred fourteen of the mysteries of london volume three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by dion gines salt lake city utah the mysteries of london volume three by george w m reynolds chapter one hundred seven a tale of sorrow part two your friend mr scudamore sir is a villain exclaimed alexander such language is intolerable in my office sir said walkden in his chilling phlegmatic manner intolerable or not it is the only language i can use under such circumstances cried the young man scudamore has absconded with the whole sum of ten thousand pounds which i advanced in this swindling concern and it was through you and your representation sir that i have been thus cruelly deceived and basely plundered softly mr craddock if you please observed the lawyer because your language conveys an imputation which i repel with scorn and contempt my character is too well established to be injured by the calumny of an obscure stranger you requested me to give you mr scudamore's address in the first instance i did so and it was with him that you made all your arrangements you then both came to me informed me that everything was settled between you and employed me professionally to draw up certain deeds but you gave me the highest character of your friend scudamore ejaculated alexander i spoke of him as i had always found him up to that hour when you questioned me said walkden but i never pretended to possess the power of prophesying that he would continue honest up to the day of his death contemptible vile sophistry exclaimed alexander his cheeks glowing with indignation it is a base conspiracy to plunder me and i will unmask you and supposing that i have incurred a chance of losing as much as yourself through this scudamore said the lawyer without losing his temper but with a smile of malignant triumph on his lips you lose by him cried alexander in a tone of bitter irony you knew him too well to trust him at all events i may have somewhat calculated upon your joint responsibility observed walkden fixing his cold grey eyes upon the young man whom these ominous words startled what do you mean he demanded his heart sinking within him i mean answered walkden that i have discounted your acceptances to the amount of eight thousand pounds that i have passed away those bills of exchange in the course of business that when they fall due shortly i shall be unable to take them up and that the holder will therefore look to you for the payment of them alexander sank speechless and powerless into a seat as the whole scheme of villainy was thus fully developed to his horrified contemplation as you were in partnership and all the deeds establishing that partnership were drawn up in the regular way and strictly binding scudamore had not only a right to sign bills in your joint name proceeded the lawyer but you cannot for an instant dispute your liability in respect to them 
is it possible gasped alexander that i can have been so foolish and you so wicked oh my poor wife my beloved children what will become of you now that i am ruined by my own madness and this awful combination of villainies mr craddock said walkden drawing himself up to his full height while his iron features remained implacable and rigid you must not allow your tongue a license in respect to me again i tell you that my character is too well established and my reputation too substantially good to be injured by false calumnies indeed i am not at all clear that i have not some grounds to complain of conspiracy and villainy for it certainly looks suspicious most suspicious that your partner should obtain from me advances to the amount of eight thousand pounds and then abscond you would not come out of court with very clean hands mr craddock i can tell you wretch ejaculated the unhappy young man now goaded to desperation how dare you hint at any connivance on my part with the scoundrelism of your own friend you who presented at the bank all the drafts for the money which i was insane enough to lodge there i certainly received several sums on behalf of mr scudamore to whom i duly remitted them said the lawyer still in that cold reserved tone which so much aggravated the rage of the ruined craddock but we will now put an end to this interview sir he added as my time is precious yes i will leave you treacherous miscreant that you are exclaimed alexander and rushing into the clerk's office he vociferated with mad excitement gentlemen if you wish to behold the greatest villain on the face of the earth go and look at your master he then hurried away the victim of a mingled rage and grief which it would be impossible to describe but how could he face his dear wife her affectionate aunt his much-loved children ruined totally ruined how awfully do these words sound upon the ears a man when alone in the world and with none dependent on him or his exertions may murmur those words to himself with comparative calmness but the individual who has a wife and children looking to him for every necessary of existence ah he indeed feels his heart seared as with red-hot iron when his lips expressing the conviction which circumstances force on his startled mind frame the frightful words ruined totally ruined miss middleton the aunt and lucy were already acquainted with the unpleasant nature of the suspicions which scudamore's protracted silence had created in the mind of alexander and they were likewise aware of the object of his journey into the country but they had yet to learn the fatal result of the inquiries which he had instituted and it was still left for him to break to them the particulars of his interview with walkden on his return home his anxiety and mental suffering were betrayed by his countenance for he was unskilled in the schools of duplicity and knew not how to conceal a lacerated heart beneath a tranquil exterior the ladies pressed him with questions 
they saw that something dreadful had occurred and they implored him not to keep them in suspense he told them all told them how scudamore had plundered him of ten thousand pounds how he remained liable to walkden for eight thousand more and how the payment of this imminent liability would sweep away the whole of his fortune leaving him a ruined man then in that hour of bitter trial he found how dear is woman as a ministering angel and having been comparatively soothed and tranquillized by the consolatory language of his lucy and miss middleton he proceeded to the office of his own solicitor whom he resolved to consult relative to the posture of his affairs the moment he had left the house lucy and miss middleton held a hasty council together do you think it would be imprudent or improper my dear aunt asked the young wife if i were to call upon this mr walkden and implore him not to press the payment of a debt which will deprive alexander of all the resources that he might render available for the purpose of retrieving himself on the contrary i approve of the step was the reply alexander says that mr walkden was stern and severe but then alexander himself may have been hasty and indignant after all this mr walkden has perhaps been duped as well as your husband by scudamore i fear that this is not the case said lucy i am impressed with the conviction that the lawyer and scudamore were in league together nevertheless as we are entirely at walton's mercy it would be unwise to irritate but prudent to conciliate him go my dear child exclaimed the aunt and may you succeed in softening the heart of this man who holds your dear husband in his iron grasp lucy accordingly attired herself in a simple and modest manner and proceeded to the office of mr walkden who happening to be disengaged at the time immediately received her i have called sir began lucy whose courage almost failed her when she found herself in the presence of a man of such stern cold and indeed forbidding aspect for this was the first time she had ever seen him i have called sir she repeated on behalf of my husband whose ruin is certain unless you show him some degree of mercy mr craddock behaved in a manner the most insulting and dared to utter suspicions the most derogatory to my character even in the presence of my clerks observed walton in a tone so chilling that it seemed as if the breath which wafted those words to the young wife's ears passed over the ice of the poles but surely sir urged lucy the tears trickling down her cheeks you will make some allowances for the excited feelings of a young man just entering the world as it were and so cruelly struck on its very threshold by the hand of misfortune at least sir if not for his sake i implore you for that of his innocent children to be lenient and merciful law forms and ceremonies are not influenced by such considerations madame said mr walkden at the same time i have no objection to search the commentaries 
and if i there find leniency recommended in filing a declaration or mercy enjoined in signing judgment i have not the slightest objection to instruct my common-law clerk accordingly lucy stared at the attorney in wild bewilderment and uncertainty as he thus delivered himself in a measured tone of such frigidity that it seemed as if an automaton of ice were speaking but at length she murmured may i then hope sir that you will not press for the payment of this heavy debt when the bills become due walkden fixed his eyes upon the lovely and tearful countenance which was upturned so imploringly towards him and at the instant he thought within himself that he had never before seen a female face of such surpassing beauty then his glance slowly and deliberately wandered from the faultless features to the contours of the well-formed bust developed even by the plaits of the thick shawl which lucy wore and thence his survey was continued until his contemplation had embraced the wasp-like waist and the flowing outlines of a symmetrical form terminating in feet and ankles ravishingly modelled you are doubtless much attached to your husband madam he said his tone becoming the least thing more tender or rather losing one small degree of its cold severity attached to him sir exclaimed lucy perfectly astonished at the question i love i worship him he is the best of husbands and the best of fathers then you would make any sacrifice to restore him to peace of mind said walkden his voice becoming more tender still and his demeanour gradually unbending from its stiff formality oh yes cried the artless lucy any sacrifice would i make to see my alexander happy as he was wont to be any sacrifice repeated the lawyer now positively allowing his features to relax into a faint and significant smile while his voice was lowered and changed into a tone of soft familiarity consider what you say any sacrifice well then on that condition and he took her hand a light broke instantaneously upon the mind of lucy and snatching back her hand as if from the maw of a wild beast she started from her seat uttered a cry of indignation and abhorrence and disappeared from the office before the baffled and disconcerted lawyer had time to make an effort to detain her lucy's heart was still swelling with mingled resentment and anguish when she reached her home and alexander who returned at the same time saw in an instant that she was a prey to no ordinary emotions throwing herself into her husband's arms lucy burst into tears her pent-up feelings no longer obeying the control of that restraint which she sought to impose upon them then by dint of questioning alexander gleaned enough to convince him that his beloved wife had been flagrantly insulted by the villain who had already heaped such grievous wrongs upon his head maddened by this fresh injury alexander was about to rush from the house and inflict some dreadful chastisement upon the cold-blooded monster walkden when his wife and her aunt threw themselves at his feet and implored him 
with tears and impassioned entreaties not to aggravate the perils and embarrassments of his position by involving himself in a quarrel with their enemy alexander was moved by the prayers of those whom he loved and he faithfully promised them not to suffer his indignant feelings to master his prudence when calmness and composure were somewhat restored he proceeded to explain the result of the visit which he had just paid to his own solicitor that gentleman had said to him it is as clear as daylight that you are robbed by walkden and scudamore conjointly but i really do not think that you could prove a conspiracy in a criminal court i should however decidedly advise you to resist the payment of the bills and as walkden is tolerably sure to push the matter on to trial the verdict of a jury in the civil case will enable us to judge how far we may hope to punish the scoundrel attorney in another manner alexander had accordingly placed himself entirely in his solicitor's hands and there rested the business for the present but a serious change took place in the disposition and habits of alexander craddock smarting under the wrongs which he had received he grew restless and unsettled experienced less delight than he was wont to feel in the society of his wife and children showed signs of irritability and an impatience of the slightest contradiction however trivial and remained longer over his wine after dinner lucy beheld all this and wept in secret but when with alexander she redoubled her attentions and sought every possible opportunity of proving her devotion she implored him to give up the house they then occupied and adopt a more economical mode of life but his answers were at first evasive then impatient and at last so sharp and angry that she was compelled though with reluctance to abandon the topic at least for the present to add to lucy's grief her aunt who had so long fulfilled towards her the duties of a mother was attacked with sudden indisposition which increased with alarming rapidity and carried her off in the course of a few days alexander manifested far less sorrow than lucy had expected him to have shown and this proof of an augmenting callousness on his part pierced the heart of the amiable young lady to the very quick but scarcely had the remains of miss middleton been consigned to the tomb when a fresh misfortune occurred to increase the irritability of alexander the bills for eight thousand pounds fell due and were dishonoured by him in accordance with the advice of his solicitor he was immediately after arrested and as he had resolved to defend the action he paid into court the whole sum in dispute a proceeding whereby he could alone save himself from remaining in prison until the trial he had however gone through the ordeal of a sponging house and he considered himself disgraced the irritability of his temper increased he daily grew more attached to the bottle and his affections towards his wife and children were evidently blunted oh how ramified and vast are the evil effects of the villainy of one man towards another 
striking not only the individual victim but rebounding and reacting on his wife his children and his friends lucy again revived the expression of her wish that a cheaper dwelling should be taken and a more economical style of living adopted but alexander would not listen to the proposal he declared his certainty of gaining the suit and of recovering his money from the court a result he said which would enable him to employ his funds in some legitimate commercial enterprise on this subject he spoke so confidently that lucy entertained the most sanguine hope of beholding happiness restored beneath a roof where naught save happiness had once prevailed and it was but with little apprehension that she marked the arrival of the day fixed for the trial the most able counsel had been retained on both sides and the cause excited immense interest walkden had been established for years and bore an excellent character indeed none of his friends or clients could for a moment believe that he was an accomplice of the villain scudamore the whole question as presented to the cognizance of the tribunal was whether miss walkden had given value for the bills and was a bona fide holder of securities which he had legitimately and honourably discounted in the course of business the evidence he adduced to establish these points was certainly of a nature likely to prove most convincing to a jury though alexander knew full well that walkden had suborned the grossest perjury on the part of his clerks and the other persons whom he put forward as witnesses nevertheless the verdict was in walkden's favour and alexander returned home a prey to the liveliest grief and the most bitter resentment lucy did all that woman's goodness and ingenuity could suggest to console him but the excitement of his feelings gained upon him with such overwhelming violence and rapidity that he grew delirious and a brain fever supervened the best medical advice was procured for him by the almost heartbroken lucy but weeks and weeks passed away without enabling the physicians to pronounce him beyond the reach of danger during that period he had many lucid intervals on which occasions he recognized his wife and children embraced them tenderly wept over them implored heaven to bless them and then in the bitterness of overwhelming reminiscences desired them to look upon him as one who was dead his excitement relapsing into delirium again poor lucy seldom was it that she reposed her aching head upon a pillow throughout the period of her beloved husband's illness and never until completely crushed with the fatigue of long vigils and the burthen of a grief beneath which she herself was sinking at length just as her pecuniary resources began to fail and the want of funds excited alarms which augmented her afflictions alexander's malady took a sudden turn and filled her mind with the most joyous hope and when the delirium had altogether passed away his manner was so kind and gentle his language so endearing and affectionate and his temper so entirely devoid of irritability that lucy's heart became elate with the most cheering aspirations and delightful visions 
alexander spoke of his misfortunes with calmness and resignation and said our property is all swept away dearest but i am young and shall soon be strong and active again and then i will work to obtain a livelihood for us all and who knows my beloved lucy but that the bread of honest though perhaps severe toil may not prove the sweetest we shall have ever eaten then when his wife heard him discourse in this manner she would throw herself into his arms and thank him yes thank him fervently for becoming a consoler in his turn the fond pair had been conversing in this style one afternoon the first day on which alexander was enabled to walk downstairs to the parlour without assistance and their children were playing in a corner of the apartment when the door was suddenly and violently opened and two or three coarse-looking fellows unceremoniously made their appearance their mission was soon explained the money paid into court had only just covered the amount of the bills of exchange which had formed the ground of action and alexander was now arrested by walkden for the costs which had been taxed at a hundred and odd pounds the unfortunate young couple had not the money and lucy had already made away with their plate jewellery and other valuables in order to provide her husband with every comfort and luxury in his illness the furniture was worth more than the amount of the costs but arrears of rent were due to the landlord lucy implored the bailiffs with tears in her eyes not to remove alexander for a few days when he might have recovered the shock of this new and unforeseen blow but they were inexorable intimating pretty plainly that they were instructed to show no leniency of any kind she however by dint of entreaties actually going down on her knees to the officers succeeded in inducing them to wait until she repaired to his own solicitor but this gentleman was unable to assist her to the amount she required he nevertheless manifested the kindest and most respectful sympathy towards her giving her a few guineas for immediate necessities and promising to incur the expense of the measures necessary to enable her husband to remove next day from a lock-up house to the king's bench it was some consolation to the almost heart-broken young lady to find that alexander possessed at least one friend in the world but even this faint and poor gleam of solace vanished and gave way to the keenest apprehensions when on her return she found her husband a prey to all that fearful excitement which had proved the forerunner of his late dangerous malady what was to be done there seemed but one alternative and this she was determined in her affectionate solicitude and zeal to adopt without the knowledge of alexander indeed he scarcely appeared to be aware of what was going on but raved talked wildly and menaced and wept by turns in the presence of the officers who surrounded him away sped lucy to bush lane and a second time did she enter the establishment of that individual who had brought such rapid such signal such unredeemable ruin on the heads of a once happy family walkden received her in his private office and coldly desired her to be seated 
a smile of infernal triumph relaxing his stern and usually rigid features while his eyes scanned the wasted but still touchingly beautiful and deeply interesting countenance of that afflicted young lady lucy was for some minutes so overcome by the intensity of her feelings that she was unable to utter a word and when she did speak it was a mere gasping forth of disjointed sentences broken by frequent sobs of convulsing agony the lawyer bent over her like satan whispering to a desperate creature the terms on which wealth and power might be purchased bent over that crushed much enduring and amiable young wife and murmured in her ears his terms of mercy towards her husband she rose and looked at him in amazement and horror was he a human being or a veritable fiend his cold gray eyes sank not beneath the reproachful and indignant glance of that outraged lady and a smile of demoniac triumph again played upon his lip doubtless he thought that her anger was only momentary and that the sternness of necessity would force her to a compliance with his will but he knew not the mind of lucy villain monster she exclaimed has your infamy no bounds and she fled from the presence of the cold-blooded scoundrel as if the atmosphere which he breathed were fraught with the plague with what a heavy heart did she return home that home from which her husband must now be dragged immediately and before her eyes a home which perhaps would not long remain so for herself and children but suddenly as if by divine inspiration she remembered that all her courage was now required to enable her to bear up against her afflictions for the sake of alexander for the sake of her offspring and it is astonishing how in the midst of the deepest sorrows woman can oft-times display an energy of which the stronger sex is altogether incapable and so it now was with lucy craddock she even succeeded in comforting her husband and soothing his excitement by reminding him that the more he appeared to be crushed the greater would be the delight of his savage and unrelenting enemy this species of remonstrance so kindly so gently administered had the desired effect and alexander animated with a spirit of endurance and fortified by the example of his admirable wife rose if possible superior to his misfortunes and proceeded with a feeling of proud resignation to the lock-up house thence on the ensuing day he was removed to the king's bench and it was here that i first formed his acquaintance when he entered the prison six years ago immediately after his arrival his spirits gave way rapidly and it was necessary for his wife to take up her abode with him altogether she accordingly disposed of the furniture in their house paid the landlord and the few other small creditors and brought her children over to the small cheerless chamber in which her husband was lying on a bed of sickness thus was this once happy family like so many many others reduced from a state of comfort and even affluence to poverty and a prison-room heaven only knows what misery 
what privations they had undergone when it was first whispered to me by a charwoman that the craddocks seemed to be in great distress i was then a little better off than i am now and i immediately repaired to their room inventing some excuse for my intrusion oh what a scene of destitution what a heart-rending spectacle met my eyes the furniture which the craddocks had hired had been all removed away in consequence of their inability to pay for its use alexander pale and emaciated was sitting upon a trunk the two children thin and wasted were crying for food and the poor heart-rent lucy was looking over a few things in a hat-box evidently with a view to select the most likely articles to be received by the pawnbroker while her scalding tears fell fast upon her hands as she turned over the only relics left of a wardrobe once extensive and elegant it went to my very soul to contemplate that scene i shall not pause to explain all the particulars which rendered me intimate with the craddocks suffice it to say that they accepted my assistance and that in a few hours their chamber once again wore an aspect of such comfort as the restitution of the furniture and a well-supplied table could possibly afford in a prison i did not learn their history immediately nor all its details at once portions of it were communicated by degrees some of the particulars oozed out incidentally and the feelings and sentiments experienced by the sufferers in the various phases of their eventful tale transpired from time to time until at length i gleaned all those facts which i have now related to you but by far the most terrible portion of the history of the craddocks is yet to come prout paused for a few moments and then inquired of frank curtis if he were wearied of the narrative the young gentleman assured him that so far from being tired of the story he was deeply interested in its progress whereupon the chancery prisoner proceeded in the following manner o woman in our hours of ease uncertain coy and hard to please and variable as the shade by the light quivering aspen made when pain and anguish wring the brow a ministering angel thou walter scott and such is woman's love the secret power that turns the darkest to the brightest hour that smooths the wrinkles care has learned to plough and wipes the trace of anguish from the brow and oh if spite of war and wasting pain feelings so noble so divine remain where were the brighter star to cheer our gloom make heaven of earth and triumph o'er the tomb university prize poem end of section one hundred fourteen